Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor, Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Four, three, two, one. It is. We are counting down. We are counting down to episode one hundred and uh, of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. It's going to be June the eighth, Pastor. We're June do, the eighth. Yeah, we're going to be doing video. Uh, uh, we're going to do do it do it up. We get the cake in the oven. The cake. Well, it's a little early for it being the oven. Yeah, I know, but I'm just. But your wife has I, the I'm recipe figured out. She's has she talked to my wife. She's going to, but anyway, it's it's. I think I got Kelly talked into it. Okay. That's that's what okay. I'm talking about. Um, because Stacy only cooks it once a year, and it won't be on June eighth. Okay, but we do need someone to decorate it. So if there's anyone in the you know that can do the piping and the writing with all that the stuff, and a couple and of flowers, you know, on the on the top. If anybody out there can do that, on then a let us know. Cake. Uh, that's going to be kind of odd. Well, we need to. It needs to say that though. I, it just I has agree. to do it. I, I mean, some way, somehow. I don't know. You know, that's why we get the pro involved. Good Otherwise, good we're going to use. Remember those hard letters you used to get on your birthday cakes when you were a kid? Yeah, like the candy letters. Yeah, the those candy. Are great. I'm good. I'm good with that. Okay. Well, I can handle that. Maybe we'll yeah. handle that. Yeah, handle I'm, it that way. But anyway. Um, so as you listen to the podcast today, just make sure that uh, you're getting the word out. However, you do that: Facebook, Twitter, text, whatever it is. And the gram, everybody, the gram. Instagram, yeah. So you on Instagram? Well. I am, but I don't. I can't. It, keep it, up, it all. Man. It kind of work. You know, it works with Facebook. If you can yeah, post to both I, at the same I time, I don't know how it works, man. I, I have an Instagram account, but I, I don't remember the last time I looked at it. To be honest, that's because it's too much going on. Well, it's because we're old. I because guess. it's all about I the gram. Well, I, I don't know. Facebook, like it seems like everybody's on Facebook. Maybe everybody's on Instagram too. But so I use Facebook for like keeping up people people around church. Yeah, I use yeah. Twitter. I don't post anything on Twitter, but I like to look. I like on to Twitter look at it exactly and see who's fighting about what. That Twitter, I got. Twitter's I have, crazy. Yeah, man. I have twenty four hundred followers I have on three. Twitter. I have three. So it doesn't matter if you're yeah. just reading. I'm it doesn't matter. People. I'm just watching people. I'm very voyeuristic on Twitter. That's what I do. I go and watch people. <laughs> Be careful with that word. Oh, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway. But uh, we just uh, we want to help influence others, and we know that you can help us do that by getting the word out. Um, we're going to cover something today that I think is on everybody's heart, especially those of us that are reading the Bible through pretty consistently. You know, we look at one part of the Bible, and we have wars and covenants and the law and the temple and blood sacrifices. And wow, Pastor Tommy, you know, I just finished yeah. Leviticus and Exodus, yeah. and it just reads so much different than the Gospels, you know. Yeah. And if people are honest, they've had some ongoing questions uh, as they read the Bible, and they you can't help but compare the Old Testament and the New Testament. And many of us have asked, why does that seem so different? Is, is, is the gentle Jesus, the God of the New Testament, different than, you know, the Yahweh God of the seemingly Violent, violent, unforgiving, and Old unforgiving Testament, and wrathful, and, and vengeful, and yeah, yes, yeah, just something else. So, you know, I, I hope, I think today we're going to try to help answer some of those questions on our listeners' hearts as they have done what I have done as as you read the Bible through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a big deal, man, because not only for us as believers, but I mean, if if you have conversations with people who are not followers of jesus they're going to bring this up every time every right? I mean, it just seems time. like if, if they know anything about the, and, and they've they've never you know most and people he, who are not followers of jesus have not read the bible but they will say well that old testament god <laughs> he's a mean old dude yeah, I mean, yeah he's smiting people left and right and 
you know, the New Testament God seems so much different. How, how do you reconcile that? Mm. And I can't believe in a God that would wipe out entire nations like, you know, you read the book of Joshua mm-hmm. and just the, the um, wiping out essentially of the Canaanites. I mean, that I can't believe in that kind of God. That doesn't seem very loving. That seems very mean. Mm-hmm. So this is an issue because uh, I think people have a misunderstanding, obviously, of the Old Testament and right. how it relates to the New Testament, have a misunderstanding of the character and nature of God. Mm-hmm. And the God of the Old Testament is the same God that is in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And so how do we help people understand? How do we uh, reconcile? How do we I reconcile? Think, how do we look at How both? do we understand? Yeah. And you know, how do we understand as followers of Jesus for our own walk, but then especially when we're sharing the gospel, we're trying to help people understand uh, the God of all creation. How do, we, how do we help them reconcile these things? So I think this is a, a good discussion. So we're going to look at some truths that are going to help us, I think, figure this out. So get out your Bibles. You're going to want to mark some of these passages and uh, work through that way. So I think uh, we're going to talk about four ways that we can look at this today. Yeah, and the uh, first two are kind of related, but I, but we'll, we'll walk through it. Okay. We'll make some sense of Very it. Very good. Well, number one that we need to understand is that God is unchanging. Yeah. So you, you remember learning this word in seminary, Trey? Immutability. Immutability. That's a great word, isn't it? So if you're you're listening right now, just in your car, stop your car, pull over, and write that down. Immutab- <laughs> that, that's a word that'll impress your friend. It might not impress anybody. I have no idea. But it's a cool word, immutability. Yeah. And so that word immutability, all it means theologically is that that God is unchanging. Mm-hmm. Now, when when I say that God is unchanging, I'm specifically talking about how He is unchanging in His character and how he's unchanging in his promises, mm-hmm. right? So it's a couple of scriptures to help you um, in this New Testament and Old Testament scriptures that, that, that speak of this reality. The first one is James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So there you have it right there in James 1.17. James tells us that God does not change. And you come over to Hebrews 13.8. Talking about Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And these are both New Testament both passages, New Testament for, passages the record. for the record. Yep. New Testament. But then you come to the Old Testament, and you, you have the same idea. You come to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. And this is what the uh, Bible says in Malachi 3, 6. Because I, the Lord, have not changed. Your descendants of Jacob have not been destroyed. Mm. And so, so it's pretty. It's pretty straightforward. Pretty though, straightforward in the, in the old te- in, when, in the Old Testament and New Testament. When we think about who God is, He is an, an immutable God. He does not change. And so, what that means is that that the God who is in the Old Testament presented to us mm-hmm. is the same God in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Now we understand, and we're going to get to this later on. That that as we read through Scripture, we're we're following the story of redemption, mm-hmm. and God slowly unfolds the story, right? And so it's not that God changes, but but God, his revelation is, we'll talk about this later on, is progressive throughout the pages of scripture. So, but what that does mean is that that in the Old Testament, God is love, mm. doesn't change. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, God is wrathful. We mm. see that. We, we've seen that even in, in Genesis, right? Um, we see it with the flood. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is merciful and gracious. Those those things in the Old Testament, his his character, it's there, and it's it's the same in the New Testament, right? You think about his promises. Mm-hmm. Uh, praise God that his promises do not change. That's good news for us. You think about that promise we've tried to key in on in Genesis chapter three fifteen. We've brought that up. I think every Sunday we've been mm-hmm. in the book yeah. of Genesis for the most part. Uh, that that God made this promise that there would one day come a descendant of the woman that would mm-hmm. crush the head of the serpent. You see how God doesn't change that promise. Mm-hmm. The prime example is the story of the flood. When God floods the earth, he 
saves one family. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea uh, uh, of Noah, Noah, Noah was a sinner like everybody else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to find that out. Yeah, this, no, you yeah know, we're, we're gonna we find, found we're that, that out this actually, yeah. um, but, but, you know, God chooses to save him for the sake of his promise, right? Mm-hmm. If God would have wiped out everybody, including Noah and his family, then his promise in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 would have been void. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't. He saves one family specifically because he's going to fulfill his promise to bring someone who's going to crush the head of the serpent. So so I I think this is really interesting. You you begin to walk through the Bible, and and you see that God's character is unchanging, but you also see how his promises are unchanging, and then how that fits into the storyline of the Bible. So so, we, we need to get this. I know when we get to some passages, it's difficult. When we talk about the flood, I mean, it seems so horrific. We talk about, you know, the conquest of the Canaanites in the book of Joshua. That's so horrific. You talk about some of the other things that take place in the Old Testament how people God strikes people down you know all these things man it's horrific but but understand right that the Bible is showing us God's plan of redemption unfolding and God is 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 just God is holy God is wrathful God is loving God is merciful those things do not change mm-hmm. and his promises do not change either so he's unchanging you know I often wonder had I lived in the Old Testament times um you know, who who would I have been? I mean, yeah. would I have believed in, in, in that? And it's just so, because it's so different for us to look at the different cultures and the different mm-hmm. way of handling things and all those things. But the, the but easy way to say it. Different. But yeah. I think that's a good point, though, Trey. I think although culture is different, mm-hmm. God is not different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you think about, you look back in the Old Testament, and you, you see these grandiose stories of how God spoke to Noah, right? Like the audible voice God speaks. God speaks to Moses at the burning bush. I mean, I think, man, I wish God would speak to me, you know? But he mm. does. He does, yes. He doesn't change. Yeah. God is still a God who speaks to us. He speaks to us through his spirit, through his word. Mm-hmm. Uh, God God still is a God who desires relationship with yes. us, just like he desired a relationship with Noah. God still is a God who changes people, mm-hmm. just like he changed Noah and yeah. Moses. So none of that. And culture changes. We change, right? Oh, yeah. We change all the time. Our, our character can change. Our motivations can change. Uh, we can change uh, uh, our word. We can promise something and they do something completely different. So we change all the time. Mm-hmm. But God does not. He is constant. And that's and, good news for us. In that way, God is not like us at all. No, no. He is unchanging. <laughs> he is unchanging. He is, we are not immutable, but God is. And that's Amen. good news for us. All right. So the first thing is God is unchanging. The second is this. God's nature is consistent, which I think is very yeah, yeah. important to look so at. So I think, so I, I just want to kind of help you. So this is very much related to the idea we just talked about, that God is unchanging. Mm-hmm. So he's unchanging, and he's also consistent. So so listen to Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. The Lord passed in front of Moses and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord is compassionate and gracious. Excuse me. The Lord is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. So that that passage there in Exodus is actually repeated a couple times in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it just the consistent nature of God. He's compassionate. Yeah. He's gracious. He's forgiving. Those sound like more what we would call New Testament principles. Right. But But they're in the Old Testament. Yeah, those New Testament principles, they are embedded in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Right? You think about the flood. 
as horrific as it was, it was an act of God's grace. Mm-hmm. Because God does spare a family. Yes. He was compassionate he and gracious to Noah. Noah deserved punishment too, but he got grace. Right? You think about some of the other stories we've read, even uh, the story of Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. They rebelled against God. They deserved death in that moment. They died spiritually when they when they fell, but they didn't die physically. God was gracious. He allowed them to keep on living, right? Uh, you think about some of the other stories. You think about, man, we're going to get to in the book of Genesis, the book of Jacob. Jacob is a rotten scoundrel, man. He is, he, he's a terrible dude. Oh, yeah. But God is faithful to his promise to Jacob. He's compassionate. He forgives Jacob. When, when, when we get to that story where Jacob wrestles with God, mm. God is gracious to Jacob in that moment. And so, you know, these, when you think about the Old Testament, you think wrath and God's angry and vengeful. And you see that. You see the wrath of God poured out at things like the flood, or you think about uh, the defeat of the Philistines or the Canaanites, or the case may be. You see the wrath of God poured out. Um, but you also see that in the New Testament. I was going to say, you do see that. It's cons- God is consistent. You know yes. This is the God who was loving in the Old Testament is loving in the New Testament. And, and we, we recognize that in the New Testament mm-hmm. because it seems like the New Testament's full of love, or so we think, right? God is love. I mean, First John, you think about John 3, 16, for God to love the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think about how Paul is, is so adamant and explained to us the gospel in Romans and Ephesians mm-hmm. and Colossians. Uh, but you read the New Testament, you also certainly see God's wrath just like you saw it in the Old Testament. And you even see it in Jesus. You certainly do. Look you think John. about Jesus overturning the, exactly. the tables and the temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you think about the the way that Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. I was going to say, you brood of vipers. And, right. You, you think know. about, you know, we, we're studying Leviticus on Wednesday nights right now, which is, that's an interesting study. Um, but we were uh, weeks ago looking at um, Leviticus chapter 10, mm. where Aaron's two sons, they're struck dead oh, yeah. in the tabernacle because of, they, they, they lit their own kind of fire. I mean, it's, it's a wild story. I'm like, man. That's strange wild. fire. Yeah. Strange fire. And God would strike them down. That's why I don't believe in that God, the Old Testament, because of those kinds of things. But then you get the New Testament and God does the same thing. Exactly. There's a story about this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, uh, that, that lie and cheat and God strikes them down. Yeah, they're going down. Yeah, so mm-hmm. and then not not to mention the book Revelation. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of wrath in Revelation. Peter's pretty good at it, and too. Peter, first, oh, yeah, you said about 2 Peter. Answer, yeah, yeah, 2 yeah, Peter, especially when you get to the end of 2 Peter, and talks about the judgment of God coming. And Jude, one now, of the brothers right, of Jesus, right? you know. So you think about it. I mean, I think the, the the perception of a lot of people, especially people who are not followers of Jesus, who have limited exposure to the Bible, is that, you know, the New Testament is all about grace and love and mercy. Well, the whole Bible is about grace and love mm-hmm, and mercy, not just the New Testament, the entire Bible. Exodus 34, 6, you know, this God is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, all these things. That theme is repeated in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And God is that throughout Scripture. But also throughout Scripture, God is a God who is just mm-hmm. and who will uh, act with wrath against those who refuse to accept him and who rebel against him. So, so you see that both in the Old Testament and New Testament. So it's not quite right at, at all to say, well, the God of the Old Testament is different than the mm-hmm. God of the New Testament. God is consistent throughout every page of Scripture. We don't have to look any further than the cross. Absolutely. I mean, that is wrath. And yeah, that is, yeah, absolutely. That is the, uh, it's, it's, and that's, that's the thing about the cross, and that's a good point, Trey. The cross, it is the ultimate demonstration of both mm-hmm. God's love and his wrath. And we see them both there. Because yeah. you see his love for us. He's willing to accept his son's sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ's life, mm-hmm. uh, so that, that we could be made right before him. That's a beautiful display of the love of God for us, but it's also um, 
a horrific display of the Ugh. wrath of God because on the cross Jesus did suffer the punishment for our sins. And we, in this life, and, and maybe not in eternity either, we will probably never understand uh, the fullness of the wrath of mm. God that was poured out on Jesus at the cross. But, but you're right. The wrath of God is right there. So it's consistent all through Scripture. The first time I ever, I'd heard a lot of sermons about it, but I watched the movie The Passion of the Christ, and I was, uh, we were renting a movie theater in our church, mm-hmm. and so I got to watch it early before everybody else did. And on my head, I wasn't ready for what yeah, I saw. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the wrath is, you know, and I renew myself by, I don't watch it every year, but I certainly have watched it multiple times just yeah. to remind myself. Just a reminder. What, what, the, what my sin cost. Yeah. What my sin Horrific. cost. Horrific. All right. So God is unchanging. God's nature is consistent. And then third, human nature is consistent. I think this is important <laughs> for us to consider. I know we're talking about, you know, uh, the God of the Old Testament, New Testament, I mean, mm. and how the perspective of some that, and, you know, the God of the Old Testament is different than God of the New Testament. But God's consistent. And so are we. <laughs> yeah, we are, but in a different way. In a completely different way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, you start with Adam and then work your way throughout biblical history. And now here we are thousands of years later. It's the same story. We're sinful. We're <laughs> sinful people who misunderstand. I'm not laughing. God. I'm laughing. It's just reality, just, right? <sighs> We're sinful people who, who uh, are sinful by nature and sinful by choice. We choose to rebel against God. We choose not to believe his word. We choose not to accept God for who he is and how he presents himself in his word. That's consistent as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so just reminding ourselves that when it comes to thinking about God, there's some flaws within us that cause us to not think rightly about God. And, and oftentimes the reason why we are going to say, well, the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament mm-hmm. is because of our own sin and unwillingness, exactly. our own unwillingness to investigate for ourselves and see God for who he is. We are consistently stubborn. And I think that consistent stubbornness keeps us from really understanding God for who he is. So so God's consistent in his character and nature and his love and his grace and his mercy and all those things we talked about, but we're consistent too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that um, when when the fall came, yeah, sin came, mm-hmm. we understand that, but we were marred. Our thinking yeah. was marred. Everything about us was, was messed up. Yeah. Our emotions, our will, you know, all those things. And we always think about the spiritual part of it that we spiritually die, but so much of us was marred as well yeah. because yeah. of the because of sin. Yeah. So And so what's consistent, you know, is our rebellion against God. But what, yeah. also, what is also consistent is not only our rebellion against God, but uh, what is also consistent through the pages of scripture and throughout human history is our need for grace. Mm-hmm. There's not one person who ever lived with the exception of Jesus Christ who doesn't need grace, who doesn't need his or her eyes open by the love of Jesus Christ to see their need for a Savior. That's consistent. Mm. What's consistent is our rebellion, and what's consistent is that we have a, a desperate need for the grace of God. And I think that when we begin to understand that, that does help us begin to see God for who he is, and it helps us to begin to understand the consistency of God in the Old and the New Testament and the unchanging nature of God. He's faithful to his promise to save us mm-hmm. as we turn to him by faith. You see what I'm saying? So and I think that's hugely important. We see that in the life of Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes mm-hmm. of the Lord. But guess who else did? Trey found grace in the yeah, eyes of the absolutely. Lord. You absolutely. Know, so it's always been grace. Yeah, I mean, it that's always the thing, been grace. Man. This, this story of, of the Bible, it repeats itself over and over and over and over again. Rebelling, rebellious people uh, need a savior, and God, in His unchanging and mm-hmm. consistent character, He comes to people and reveals Himself to, to His people through His Spirit and through His Word to bring us into a relationship with Him. That's that's consistent. 
Well, you know, with, with, when I talk about consistency, you know, I think of the Old Testament, and, and I've been reading. I, I mean, I actually just finished Leviticus this morning. But the point is, you. <laughs> the point is, is that you know they have these uh, offerings that are given, yeah. and that's for uh, unintentional sin. Yeah. I said we are such sinners. That we, we have to it. offer yeah. sacrifices for things we don't even know yeah, we, we did. Yeah, yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah, we've been, wow. stu- we've been studying Leviticus for several months now uh-huh. on Wednesday night, dude. That that's wild. <sighs> When's the last time you taught a Bible study on unclean skin diseases? I have not. Yeah. I'll go ahead and admit it. I did that I a couple weeks ago, weeks ago, man. That that that's that's a lot different than teaching Philippians. Now, my wife told me that you basically all that comes down to it's just about death it's yeah, all about yeah, yeah, death yeah, yeah. and we're yeah. you know we're dying yeah uh, yeah it's 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 wild man but so that's yeah, interesting just, yeah very interesting all right so god is unchanging he's consistent we are also consistent in a different way and then fourth god's plan unfolds progressively yeah so i think this is the theologians call this idea the idea of progressive revelation that that um what you get in Scripture, now this is really cool, what you get in Scripture when you start from the beginning, which mm-hmm. you did, you know, this year you read over 90 days the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, what you start from the beginning of Scripture, Genesis 1, is you get truth, right? right? Yeah. And then as you read, you know what you get? More truth. Mm-hmm. So you, you get truth and more truth. And so, so what we mean by that is you begin with the truth, and then as you read through the pages of Scripture, more truth is revealed to you. So you think about um, Adam and Eve. When Eve and Adam and Eve fell in the garden, and and that promise in Genesis chapter three verse fifteen was made mm-hmm. that there would one day come one who would crush the head of the serpent. That's all they got. That was it. That was it. all they could. That's it was all truth. they needed hey, to believe. It, it was truth, right? Mm-hmm. Absolute truth. I'm going to be faithful to fulfill my promise to you someday. But, but, you know, there's no mention there about a baby born in a manger in Bethlehem. There's no mention about a, a cross and a crucifixion. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all they got. Mm-hmm. But then you read on, and then you read, um, we'll get to it in a few weeks, Genesis chapter 12, where you have God calling a man named Abraham, mm-hmm. go. I'm not going to tell you where you're going. And uh, someday, Abraham, you're going to be the father of a great nation, mm-hmm. a nation that will be a blessing to the rest of the nations. That's a big promise. But that's all they got. He didn't get, you know, what that was going to look like. So he gets more, but it's still he gets not more, what we right? have. You're right. I mean, Adam and Eve had no idea about Abraham or a great nation or a nation that would bless other nations. I mean, they had no idea. But as you read through even Genesis, you see the plan of God mm-hmm. slowly unfolding, progressive revelation. I mean, each generation that comes, there's a little bit more of the plan that's unfolded until you get to prophetic times and you find uh, the people uh, ultimately in exile and you have you know prophets like Micah or Isaiah that give us you know, some more specifics mm-hmm. so you know there's gonna be a child in Bethlehem born or there, you think about Isaiah 9 counselor mm-hmm. almighty God everlasting mm-hmm. father prince of peace and then you get to the New Testament and boom there it is there it yeah. is yeah you know for us looking at these guys though they not only is who God revealing himself, you know, consistently and progressively throughout history, uh, the, the way that they believed was differently as well. Wouldn't it be, they, they believe what God had revealed to them. Yeah, that's, yeah, so that's all they exactly, could, that's that a, they that's could believe. That's an important thing as well, Trey, is that, that when we think about um, uh, Abraham or Noah or Moses or Joshua or David, you know, you think about it, they were saved mm-hmm. in the same way that we're saved. Mm-hmm. Saved by faith, believing in a promise, 
right? A promise that one day God will fulfill the promise he made in Genesis chapter 3, 15. Mm -hmm. We're saved by faith in the same way. We're saved in the same way by faith Mm -hmm. because we understand the promise that they look forward to, right? Mm-hmm. We 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 know it from Scripture that Jesus died for us and rose again. And so so you think about it, those Old Testament sayings. They weren't saved by their works. They weren't saved because you know whatever. They were saved like us through grace by faith, believing in a promise that that came to fruition uh, in a town called Bethlehem on that night that Jesus was born, and that and then later on, you know, when he died, the death that we deserve and rose again from the dead three days later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we bring that up, this idea of progressive revelation, is that when when you read through the Bible, you've got to keep this in mind, that it is, and we talk about this so much, this is one story, and that as you read through the pages of Scripture, God is slowly unfolding his plan to save humanity. Mm-hmm. So God doesn't change, right? but we're, but we're seeing just progressively the plan of God coming to fruition as we read through Scripture. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because I think sometimes we get confused by that. Well, God was different back then. The way, no, 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 he wasn't different. The plan was just unfolding. Mm-hmm. It was unfolding in his time and his way to bring about the redemption of humanity. You know, I think we always say, well, why didn't you just give them the truth? Why didn't you just tell them the whole thing from the very beginning? And it's kind of like goes back to that, I can't remember which movie it was, but uh, one of those Tom Cruise movies says, you can't handle the truth. I don't think they could handle right, it. Right. They could have not handled yeah. In the same way, we can't handle what's going to be yeah, when, when Jesus returns. Absolutely. So that, that is going to be an incredible thing when we absolutely. see what he is. And absolutely. eye has not seen or ear heard. So mm-hmm. he's still progressing. I mean, it's still going to be. Yeah, because we, we're still awaiting the final fulfillment of yeah. God's plan when Christ returns and he calls us home be with him i mean Amen. yeah and so god does not change he is progressively unfolding his plan of redemption uh to bring everything under his subjection and to bring his children home with him well this has been uh i can't believe we did this in 25 minutes i know I thought right this is going to be a long one well, but, we got uh, through it man yeah so uh, short and sweet and to the point well uh, but this is one of those things you know yeah, and yeah. like you said every time you share the gospel with someone just about yeah, they've read something on the yeah, internet yeah. and so this is going to come up that so. stinking internet ruins everything i'll tell you what <laughs> well yeah and and you know they always give half truth anyway right, especially right, when right. it comes to christianity and what mm. we believe mm. anyway pastor it's been great thank you so much for yes, sharing sir. this yes, and sir. getting this together and and if you have any questions you can always get back with us and we'll try to help you work through this as well well pastor close us out and get us ready for next week yeah we do hope this has been uh helpful for you and an encouragement to you as you continue to grow in your walk with jesus if this has been helpful to you go ahead right now and hit that subscribe button Uh, that way you can have new content delivered to your device every single week leave us a five-star review that helps get the word out about this podcast and as always we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life 